Welcome to the Newsmakers Podcast. I'm Billy Hollowell, and this is a show where we go behind the headlines every day to bring you an interview with a pastor, entertainer, politician, or other notable news figure. And this is a show, again, it's daily, but it's based on our weekly TV show, which is also called Newsmakers. You can watch it on the CBN News Channel and also on our YouTube page. And on this show, every day, we dive deep. It's a little more longer form with one of the people who you will often see on our Newsmakers show or across the CBN News platforms. On today's Newsmakers, are parents in Scotland gearing up to be locked up if they refuse to gender transition their children? That's the claim among some advocates who are very fearful about a new proposal in the Scottish government that is currently under review, a proposal they say could lead parents to be in prison for up to seven years if they decline a gender transition for their kids. We're going to sit down in just a moment here with Lois McLatchy. She's a communications officer with ADF International, and she has been looking closely at this issue. She'll break it all down, explain it for us, and help us understand why we should care about an issue unfolding in Scotland, even if we don't live there. Why is this an issue of global concern? With no further ado, here is Lois. Well, we're here to talk about something quite shocking today. There are proposals in Scotland to potentially jail parents in worst case scenarios who don't transition their children. Can you explain what's going on? Sure. I mean, I think that headline is uh, shocking enough and you'd think that it was uh, a joke or a piece of satire, but unfortunately it is the reality in my country of Scotland uh, there are proposals that would ban uh, so-called conversion therapy. Now, when we think of conversion therapy, we think of the eight or, or before then, we think of um, you know terrible, terrible treatment of people being strapped up to electrodes or anything like that. And of course, that should be illegal, and it is already in Scotland. Any form of torture or abuse, physical abuse like that, uh, is very much illegal uh, in Scotland. Uh, but what this bill does is, although it says that it's about conversion therapy, actually goes much, much further and intervenes in what a parent can advise a child, a pastor can advise a congregant or anything like that. So uh, one of the examples we have given in the legislation is if a parent were to want more than once uh, tell their child, say their 11 year old son, that he was not allowed to wear a dress to school and lipstick and high heels uh, and to dress you know, as a girl when he's a boy. If you were to tell your son more than once that he was not allowed to do that and to go and change, you could potentially be guilty of committing conversion therapy, of being coercive, and um, therefore uh, face you know, a, a criminal trial and potential prison sentence of up to seven years. Uh, so this is real. This is happening in Scotland. And uh, right now it's open to consultation. And we're just hoping that Scottish people raise their voices and let the government know that this is not welcome. Yeah, when it comes to a law being, you know, or, or a bill being sort of open to consultation, how likely is it, and I know this is sometimes challenging to predict um, based on a lot of different factors, but in your view, how likely is it that something like this could become law? Well, the political makeup that we have at the moment in Scotland is that we have uh, the Scottish National Party who are behind the bill uh, in governance, uh, and they have teamed up with the Green Party, uh, who would also be um, very uh, likely ideologically aligned with the bill and they have the majority of seats in parliament together in a coalition. Uh, so when a, the government proposes a bill, there's a very strong chance uh, that it will be pushed uh, full, pushed through with the full weight behind it. It's very difficult to challenge. 
but um, not impossible. I mean, we've seen uh, situations before in Scotland where similarly shocking pieces of legislation have been challenged either in courts uh, or through you know the voice of the people, and there has been either amendments or or uh, bills have been dropped. So it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of courage uh, from people in Scotland um, to stand up and challenge, and it could take a lengthy court battle potentially. Um, but of course, we're not there yet. We're still at the very, very early stages of this legislation. It's only just open to public consultation. It has a lot of uh, rounds through Parliament uh, before it gets anywhere near becoming law. Uh, so now really is the time to act uh, to make sure that those concerns are heard. Yeah, I mean, you look around the world and it's it's almost shocking that something like this would even be proposed. You know, five years ago, 10 years ago, the idea that this would even be a conversation that you and I would have to have would have been, it would have been like, oh no, that's not going to happen. We're not going to have to do that. And here we are having this conversation and people are bold enough to go out there in an, on a negative sense and say, we want to try to pursue this and make this happen. What are Christian leaders and others saying there, you know, about this? What What's sort of publicly being said? You're right. I mean, it's 2024, not 1984, isn't it? It's quite shocking to see this in the headlines. Fortunately, the the church uh, across many denominations has been very clear about its concerns here. Uh, Not only would this, of course, intervene in that relationship between parent and child and insert uh, the state into families in an unprecedented way, but it would also interfere with what a church uh, could teach in accordance with uh, the Bible, speaking obviously in grace and truth uh, and with love to those who attend. Uh, but affirming uh, the truth of biological reality that is set out in scripture and that no person is made in the wrong body and especially no child should ever feel that they have to have uh, to edit or alter their body in drastic ways uh, just to feel love supported um, and and whole. Um, so it was a great concern from the churches. Uh, what the sec- One of the reasons for that especially is within the bill we have the criminal aspect, which I explained about uh, in terms uh, of potentially putting people in jail for seven years. But there's also an aspect of the bill uh, which could preemptively uh, censor people or preemptively stop events from happening if there's a threat uh, that so-called conversion therapy, and remember that's a very wide uh, term, if uh, so-called conversion therapy might happen. So it lists things like if you I think that might happen at a prayer meeting. Uh, There can be a civil uh, protection order uh, put in place to prevent somebody from attending a prayer meeting or uh, prevent someone from holding a prayer meeting. Uh, Obviously, um, we have to think about this from a human rights perspective as well. I mean, Scottish people have the right to go to a prayer meeting if that's what they want to do. There should be no reason why the government, uh, no matter somebody's uh, belief about gender identity, perhaps they want to seek the church's opinion and advice on an issue that they're struggling with, even if they disagree with the teachings of the church. Many people who would like to hear a manner of different opinions about seriously um, life-changing decisions that they're contemplating, and they should have the right to find out information too. There should be no government block uh, on belief, on different perspectives of debate, and on uh, the teaching of uh, religious beliefs that have been you know, prominent in Scotland for hundreds of years. Well, and you now have people who are detransitioning, and, and we're seeing this happen around the world, and their stories are almost relegated to the sidelines, and yet here are people going through something and they're not being heard often because of this sort of one-sidedness on this issue, which is deeply troubling when you hear some of these stories of regret and pain and suffering that people are going through. And so that's a whole other piece um, of the puzzle, but, but based on what you've seen, I would assume, and based on what you just said, that you haven't seen much in line with any carve-outs for religious liberty, you know, any exemptions. Would you say that there might be some in this legislation at some point? 
Well, the tricky thing is that the uh, the text that the government has put out to explain the bill says that there would be, and that, of course, that prayer would not be banned and, and biblical advice would not be banned. But when you look at the text of the legislation itself, it's very difficult. It's very complicated legislation. It's very difficult to see exactly how those uh, religious exemptions would fit in. It seems uh, that it could be that uh, any repeated behavior, so essentially more than once if you were to pray with someone or to uh, talk about uh, the biblical perspective on gender, etc. Uh, if that was to be repeated, you might be uh, guilty of the coercive element of coercion therapy and therefore uh, under suspicion for the crime as well. So um, what we need is if this legislation was to go anywhere near becoming law, be far more clarity about upholding those religious exemptions because of course uh, Scotland uh, must stay in line with international law which protects uh, religious freedom and freedom of speech. And of course, this is actually quite behind the times. This is about a decade behind where the public discourse is really at on issues of gender, especially when it comes to children. In the UK, uh, which Scotland is a part of still, uh, we've had what's called the CAS review, uh, which was a review into um, the gender transitioning of children. And the advice given to parents in that scenario was that uh, calling children by different pronouns, affirming them to dress in different ways uh, is not a neutral act uh, and that the parents should be very cautious and, and not necessarily jump in and do it and, 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 and push their children uh, towards a certain decision. Uh, and yet the Scottish government is saying quite the opposite. So we're getting really conflicting information here in the UK. The experts who are looking in uh, to this very difficult uh, topic for Generation Alpha, who are very, very confused at this point. Um, about what the truth is. They're saying, don't rush, don't push your child uh, into a very difficult decision. Uh, and then here the government is saying that, that we have to do the opposite. So um, parents really need support <laughs> yeah. in this very difficult era for parenting. They shouldn't be fearing going to prison uh, if they want to steer their child uh, towards what they think is a less harmful outcome, if they want to steer their child towards biological reality, and if they want to affirm their child, their daughter, their son, is perfect just the way that they are made and loved and whole, then they should not fear going to prison for that. And so we really want to protect and uphold parents in this difficult situation. Yeah, and I would also note, you know, I asked you that question about the religious liberty carve-outs, but one of the big pieces of this issue that has become very interesting to me is you're starting to see a lot of people, you know, in, in America, we'd say on the progressive left, on the secular left, you know, people who are not Christians, who do not even agree with biblical truth, who are finding issue with some of this, who are also saying, we don't want to transition our kids. We don't want to see that happen. We think that that's wrong. And so regardless of the impetus for that, it would seem you would need a much wider sort of exemption for those who simply think it's wrong on their own moral grounds, you know, beyond just, you know, the biblical that's side right. of it, which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we, we call this conversion therapy, but in my mind, it's it's those who push children and young adults into converting their gender and push them into those uh, paths uh, towards uh, changing their bodies or uh, to not feeling comfortable in their own skin and, and dressing up as something else. Uh, I think those are the ones who are committing some sort of conversion therapy by encouraging that and not encouraging them towards truth and towards love and towards affirmation as themselves. So it's very confusing, this language of conversion therapy and who's guilty of what. Uh, and that's why I have such grave concerns about the way the language is being muddied in Scotland to, to vilify those who just have genuine concerns about their children. You're right, not even necessarily only Christians, uh, but those who just want to love and affirm their children, which I would say is most parents. 
Now, final question for you. It's it's very easy for people who aren't in Scotland, who are in other countries to sort of look at this and say, oh, what does it matter? You know, I don't live there. And yet we see it's almost like dominoes with these sorts of yeah. laws. Why should people in every country right now be paying attention to proposals like this? Oh, absolutely. We've seen it already uh, with hate speech laws over the last few years, haven't we? Scotland uh, brought in a hate speech law in 2021. Uh, we've seen the spread across Europe. We've seen it in Finland, um, in uh, Ireland now, and spreading across the continent. And uh, although America, of course, you have your great First Amendment, that doesn't mean that you're censorship free. And we see uh, battles for free speech occurring across the states. And it's really important that as Europeans, as the West, uh, who are meant to be the home of human rights, the home of uh, having that foundation of every individual having freedom of speech and freedom of religion. We need to support that across the world uh, because as countries fall, uh, the pressure on other countries uh, to conform to this new narrative and to conform to these essentially human rights abuses, taking away freedom of speech and the right to parent, the right to have a family uh, and private family life. Um, as if we don't challenge them, outside of our country, how are we supposed to challenge them internally when they come to us? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Well, I so appreciate you coming on today, breaking this all down and looking forward to having you on again very soon. Dory, thanks so much for covering the story. That's all for today's Newsmakers podcast. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of the show and also head over to the CBN News YouTube channel and the CBN News channel to watch Newsmakers every week. We'll see you soon.